Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Nom Talk Network's uh, broadcast, I guess, a show of Nom Talk Review, where we talk about the most recent uh, movies or classic films celebrating a landmark anniversary. And we give, us our, give them a popcorn rating out of five. Uh, tonight, we are going to be talking about something new, something new that came out recently. It is Thor Love and Thunder, the most recent film from Marvel Studios. Starring Chris Hemsworth, I am joined tonight by my with my guests uh, Bill Waters, Marianne Butler, and Derek Murray. Thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, this is my first time uh, with you guys. I'm nervous. I found out you guys were from Nerdbot and stuff, and I'm like, oh, okay. Like, thanks for no warning. <laughs> so I'm so I'm, uh, but we can do this. I'm a little nervous, but. You're I'm worthy. I'm totally worthy. I'm totally worthy. That, that, I'm worthy fine. Kenji, you are absolutely invited to the orgy. It's okay. It's, it's okay. Oh, You're good. I know. You're as, long as, You're as, long as, uh, as long as Zeus wants me at the orgy, I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. We, <laughs> so, tonight we are talking about Thor Love and Thunder, uh, starring Chris Hemsworth. We also have uh, Natalie Portman coming back as well, which is fantastic. We haven't seen her in forever, and to see her in this capacity was great. But also, when it was announced, it was also bittersweet at the same time for obvious reasons, which we will get into later tonight. Um, we also had Christian Bale playing Gore the God Butcher. Uh, who, of course, I don't think Christian Bale has really ever done a a bad performance. I mean, I mean, even since Newsies, he's always given a stellar performance. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, um, let's get on with it. Um, I suppose we should be talking about uh, a little bit about the popcorn rating system. So, on Dom Talk Network, we talk about we basically give it a one out of five popcorn rating. Five being this is fantastic. Go see this. Tell your friends. Tell your family. I, I changed my religion because of it. And we also have one popcorn for if we mention this ever again, I swear, like <laughs> things are going to happen. Bad things. <laughs> so with that being said, um, I would love to hear your guys' uh, popcorn rating. Uh, uh, Marianne, let's start with you. What was your popcorn rating for this? So I... I gave it a three and a half popcorn rating and that might seem low because I did really enjoy it, but there were a couple of things that I had personal questions, complaints, qualms about that I'm sure we'll get into throughout the episode, but three and a half for me. Awesome. And uh, Mr. Bill, how about you? Um, Three. I got three nice, healthy, uh, full popcorn buckets for me. So yeah awesome. you got it and uh derek how about you yeah i'm gonna agree with map uh i i gave it a three and a half i gave it a 3.5 um and and i i'm i'm actually pretty sure that mab and i will probably have pretty overlapping things that we we found <laughs> a little jarring in our qualms um and you know generally i i had a good time at the movie so it did i agree with her as well that like it does feel low but like four 4.5 just feels way too high but then like 2.5 to 3 just it's just like it's right there in the middle where it like it could be great but it's not at the same time but it's not bad like i i don't know i i've i've, I've been really struggling with this movie for since i saw it actually 
I feel that. And you know what? It's strange, but I am kind of echoing everybody as well. I am going to be giving it a three and a half buckets as well. I might teeter on to a four later on tonight as I talk more about it because I did really, I did have a lot of fun watching this movie. That's, that's, there's no doubt about that. I had fun, but you know, there were some things that I had some issues with, which of course we will be getting into later on, but you know, so as it stands right now, a good solid three and a half, because it doesn't quite deserve that three, but I'm not sure if it deserves that four just quite yet. So let's get on with it. So we have the story. Let's start off with the story. Uh, So we basically have Thor. We have him doing his Zen thing. He's really, they're really leaning into the Jeff Bridges aspect of this, of Chris Hemsworth's Thor character, aren't they? Like, I mean, last time we had the dude and now we've got essentially, you know, uh, uh, you know, Kevin Flynn, the, <laughs> the user, essentially, <laughs> for <laughs> doing his, yeah, you know, really the whole messing with thing. my Zen thing, man. Exactly. He's like doing the, <laughs> yeah, he's doing the meditation thing. I love that he says, like, oh, I absolutely hate, despise meditating. It makes me even angrier. <laughs> um, but with that said, like, you know, we've, we see him, you know, he's essentially being a hero, doing what he can to fill this void that's in hide of, inside of him. And we later on find out it's because, you know, Peter Quill tells him he's, who's been, he's been hanging out with the guardians for a while. And Peter Quill tells him, you need someone that you love. I have people that I love and that's what keeps me going. You need, you need to find love. And so I love that. That's kind of like the central thing about it, but it's also, it's, it's cheesy, but it works at the same time. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of movies where it's like, it's like, it's like, oh, it was love all along or, oh, it was hope all along kind of thing. But with that said, you know, I liked how they kind of used it. Um, but yeah, we've got, uh, uh, you know, we've got Natalie Portman coming back doing her uh, as Jane Foster. We find out very early on that she's got like stage four uh, cancer, which, you know, if anyone knows anything about the comic books, we knew that this was happening uh, before they even mentioned it in the movies. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, and, you know, of course, with that being said, hijinks ensue, we have Christian Bale kidnapping kids. It's, as he does. As he does, as, as he does, as this creepy man that he does, as the creepy man that he is. Um, and it, I, it's, I also love that we also have like this interesting thing where we have Mjolnir reforged in a way coming back, but then there's this interesting uh, the, the, the ham- I love that they make the hammers sentient. <laughs> in a way, they have these personalities and stuff. It's very interesting, but I'm going all over the place. Like, the story-wise, no, no, like, like the movie? Perfectly. Like, yeah, exactly. yeah. Going yeah, it is true. The, like I am the going story. all over the place. Yeah, it is true. The movie was very discombobulated. It did seem like we, we, we were introducing a lot of different interesting elements, which I felt like were needed in a way, but also I felt extremely throwaway. Like for instance, I kind of hated that we had introduced Lady Sif just to not use her again. Like it's, it's the whole thing with Thor Ragnarok all over again. Yeah. Where we brought in, where we brought in the three, we had brought in Hogan, we brought in, you know, all, all these different characters and they end up just getting killed immediately. We don't see them doing anything yeah. kind of like that. Um, we also had the introduction of Heimdall's son. Uh, 
Axel is the, is the name he wants to go with. The name of a pop singer that I heard. That I really like. Okay, fine. Astrid is a great name. Your father gave you a great name. Yeah, it's um. There, you know, I, I'm all for Taika Waititi. I, I I love what he does, and I, I think he, you know, really when you, it, it's a weird thing in in where we are right now because I feel like because Taika Waititi has his hand in everything um, and he's literally shown up in basically every major project in the last, I don't know, three or four years. Um, yeah. I think there's a little Waititi fatigue. And I think coming into Thor Love and Thunder off the heels of something like Ragnarok, where when Ragnarok launched, it was fresh and different and so unique. And Taika Waititi's voice was just, completely unheard of in the MCU. And then you fast forward and there's a little bit of kind of a turning point where people feel like, ah, yeah, I've decided Taika Waititi is not for me. Um, And Marvel was like, well, no, he's got to be for everybody. Here's Taika Waititi unchained. And it's almost, it's almost too much. It's almost too much Waititi. And, And I, I say that as somebody who genuinely loves what he does um, but it does feel like he, you know, Taika is very much about creating giant films and then cutting them down through test audiences. <laughs> Hi, Stormbreaker. Um, <laughs> uh, he, so he, he, you know, he made a four hour cut of this movie. Um, and typically what he does is he'll, he'll literally keep editing it and editing it and editing it as he does test audiences to find like the best balance of what he has. I don't know that he got that kind of uh, leeway as much as Marvel kind of gave him the reins. I don't think he actually got to like edit and cut the film that he wants. And a lot of the actors have come out and said like, yeah, there's a whole other movie going on that just literally doesn't show up. The guardians are in it more. Peter Dinklage was supposed to come back. Um, You know, there's all kinds of things that are missing from that. And I think one of my biggest gripes is it feels like that. Like, you can feel the gaps of things that are missing because everything's all over the place. And yeah, it kind of works and kind of doesn't, but when it doesn't, you can tell that like, yeah, there's guardians missing here. And like, you can tell that like, yeah, there's parts of omnipotent city missing here and there's a planet missing here and there's gore butchering gods that's missing here. Um, and usually you don't feel that kind of editing missing in films. Cause it, but it just, everything about it just felt so undercooked. And so it's trying to do everything all at once, but it's not really baking everything all the way through to get like the actual cake. Um, And yeah, so then you just kind of have this push and pull where like half of it works and the other half doesn't. And now you're kind of like trying to figure out which one, does it bother you more than it loves? And and you're not really sure which one you want. So I almost feel it wasn't enough Taika. And that was the, biggest issue I had is because it did not feel like what he had established in Ragnarok. It felt more muted. It felt more safe and almost like you could guess what the next thing was going to be. Whereas with Ragnarok, you didn't have that. It was all kind of crazy and bright and Technicolor and and Kirby-esque. And this one just didn't have minus one or two moments. It didn't have that same feeling of newness and excitement and I don't really think it's because we're familiar with his stuff I think it's just because it got muted down probably through the editing process like you're talking about I I don't know I just I was hoping for 
a bit more crazy than what we got. Bill, how, how do you feel? I mean, I, okay, so overall the movie, I enjoyed it. I mean, I will totally admit that my favorite parts of the damn thing were Tooth Nasher and Tooth Grinder, because those screaming goats were just the funniest <laughs> shit to me. And they also screamed Taika. But to a kind of a point is, um, I haven't, until after seeing it, I haven't read the source material coming around into this, you know, into the series. Um, and so it was kind of like, it was fun. I enjoyed it. I didn't know much of the background on characters, um, but it's not something that I'm going to run back and go see again anytime soon. Um, it just wasn't that kind of an engaging thing. But again, it wasn't one of the MCU entries where I just patently found annoying, tedious, or stupid, a la Ultron, the second or third Iron Man movies, the uh, Dark World. Uh, is that the second? The most forgettable yeah, film all, in all, all of the MCU. Like, when was the last yeah. time you watched it? Because the second one. Yeah, I've seen it like I, one. I've seen it like once yeah. since. The same, day. same. And my kid and I rewatched both one and two before going into Love and Thunder. And like, two is not as bad as you remember. It's not. It's just you I don't remember it. it. That's it, it. You just don't remember it. It's not a it's bad sorry, movie. Sorry to uh, interrupt you, Bill, but the the whole thing about each good Thor story that we have had, whether it is his individual film or his bits yeah. in other MCU films, they're always a love story at the core. There's always something that's motivating him or right. a character yeah, yeah. in his sphere that is a love story. And that is very similar to all of the Thor mythology that is very similar to the comics. Like his storylines are always yeah. at their best when there is a love story there. And Dark World is better than you remember. I right. I guarantee that you will move it up in your Marvel rankings if you watch it again right now. All right. I'll give it I'll go watch it right now. I'll be back in a couple hours. No. <laughs> um, like right, Not now. Like right now. But it's like so like Marvel movies for me come in three flavors, right? Um ones that are just ungodly awful um or boring or ultron excuse me ultron yeah sorry the ones uh, that are kind of like they're fine i enjoyed it i don't regret having spent no money to go see it um and then there's the <laughs> i will you know if you find someone that hasn't seen it yet like ragnarok it's like you grab them sit them down with which i want to watch you because you're gonna laugh and have a blast with it this one was fine yeah. um and you know, had some cute parts. Seeing uh, Portman back in it was fine. Um, again, all the characterization were fine, but it just kind of the, the Derek's point and you guys calling out was like it didn't all kind of go together for me as yeah. well as something. It also didn't, and by its nature, this movie didn't have the emotional hooks. It's not like oh hey, we're getting all the Spider-Man back together again. Sorry, spoilers. Um, to you know, and that sort of a thing to have that sort of a impact. This was kind of like. Hey, he's hanging out with his ex again, but it's kind of like the you know, the Stormbreaker jokes. After the first scene or two with the hammer glaring at Thor, we got it. Jokes played, and then they just kind of drag it out. But what's interesting is hearing you guys talk about it. So why give it three and a half? Yeah, that's seven out of ten, right? You're doing math. Um, why are you giving it that highest score? If it's kind of like, yeah, it is, or you're waffling on the thing, why isn't it like five and a half? Because it did have those heavy, really well done emotional moments for me personally. Yeah. Everything with Gore, I loved. His motivation, while at times felt a little muddy, it was still very obvious yeah. and apparent. Like you knew what his end game was. You knew 
what his motivation was for this entire thing. And his performance and his emotion throughout all of it really was compelling and kind of kept the entire thing together, I would argue. And Portman, there was a scene or two where I felt like she wasn't really on her game, but Mm -hmm. she was pretty solid the entire time. Uh, So there are definitely moments in here that I think are worth giving it that extra half a point, if not a full point and a half. Whereas I do have some problems, things like Taika promised us we were going to get Valkyrie's search for a queen in this film. During the initial press for this film, Taika promised us that we were going to see Valkyrie find her queen, that it was going to be the king finding his blah, 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 blah. And we didn't get that. We never got, like, Valkyrie saying that she had a girlfriend who died is not the same thing. And that upsets me to no end. And then Bill and I had talked about this previously amongst ourselves, the fact that Mjolnir reforms for Jane after Thor tells it to. So does that mean she was actually worthy on her own? Or does that mean Mjolnir only did it because Thor told it to? And that changes the entire thing for me on a personal level where it's like, why wasn't she worthy on her own? Yeah. Like that's, that's, that's bullshit in a way. I love you, Taika, <laughs> but that's bullshit. And why yeah. was that not thought about? I, I think, I think my half point comes from a lot of that stuff where it's like, when I talk about things being half baked, like I, I want, I, I, okay, I'll, I'll get, I'll give this analogy. I love cookie dough, right? I, cookie dough is like delicious, right? It's so good. But really what I want from cookie dough is the chocolate chip cookie. Like I, I want to see how the chocolate chip cookie comes out. And for me, I feel like, Thor Love and Thunder is just this giant wad of cookie dough, which it's great to eat and it's so much fun. But after you get through half of a Toll House roll, you're like, okay, but I want a Toll House cookie. So you're still getting a lot of what you want, but there's just that little, it's just not baked. Like we didn't turn this movie up to 350 degrees and give us the full cookie. And so my hesitation in giving it a higher score is because all of that stuff is missing but I know that all the framework is there. And so that framework is enough for me to give it a 0.5. Um, and then also, honestly, one of the biggest reasons I'm giving it a 0.5 is uh, that, that, um, that black and white scene where, where they go, that is some of the, I, I, have, I have long lambasted Marvel for their horrible special effects, which they have no excuse for because you can literally print money at any time. So pay your visual effects people better treat them better and give us better special effects because that first scene where the god lifts up gore and it's all just completely digital and it looks absolutely awful and they both they're not even moving and they have the bendy like bendy like like i was like what are you doing like you are marvel you own the world and this is the best you can get get out of here so they, it pisses me off i hate that but they that do scene, have a notorious reputation for being very difficult to work with if yeah. you're a vfx artist like yeah and all of that came out for sure. well, i mean well not only that you can even i mean you can also see that at the at the very end credits too like i don't know if you saw but there was like usually you have like maybe like three four vfx houses in the end credits i almost saw like six or seven vfx houses in this thing and there were small vfx houses too like there were like maybe yeah. five people per all who are probably specialists in what they do. And I will say 
that I felt like the shadow creatures and monsters and that black and white scene looked fabulous. They looked so good. wonderful. So good. I mean, you can't get any better than Shang-Chi for me as far as like Marvel Studios effects because I thought that movie was amazing. And this is right up there later on in the film. Like yeah, yeah that first, yeah. that opening was a little rough, but it, it gets really good VFX wise. Well, it actually makes you wonder if that's partially if there was a lot of like last minute changes that had to happen. Like, cause like, as we said, like, like Tyka originally said, there's going to be a four hour cut, which who knows that search for the Valkyrie search for a queen is probably somewhere in that four hour cut. Release but, the Watiti cut. Which apparently he he's no. not going to do. He yeah, said he no, said because no. apparently he said, I know. He I won't never, okay, let's, that. let's he be, said, let's be clear. That's actually all kind of a misnomer because there is no, there is not a four hour cut of it. It's a director's cut. It doesn't exist. It's a work print. Yeah. That was just yes. the work print. So they threw yeah. everything. Just because we mixed. know that doesn't mean that the buzzword is necessarily wrong. Because no, it's the true, average but now everyone does not know the difference. And so don't don't be elitist, dear. Clubs <laughs> are dumb. Um, but the main thing is to is to remember that now everybody thinks that there's like a Snyder cut sort of right. thing of everything, right. and it's just not the case. Yeah. A work print is 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 not the same and so there's going to be a lot of stuff out there that doesn't mean that you know this is kind of interesting in that we haven't really heard a lot of instances where marvel has really gone back and pushed back on the director and had them recut redo reshoot things we like have. that it's not, it's not well it's not like warner brothers where they're trying to read. They just don't talk about it as much because that's exactly what happened with Scott Derrickson and Doctor Strange. And that's the reason why he did not direct Doctor Strange too. That's not true at all. But but that's after how many bajillions of movies, relatively speaking, they don't fiddle as much. Well, why did they think that they were going to do Everybody who directed after Avengers, like Joss Whedon, aside from everyone knows how I feel about him, he kind of fucked everybody else over that came after him. Like there had to be a very different relationship between directors, producers, editors, and Marvel after that. Yeah. I, I think as much as I, and I, and I agree that I, I know there's not an actual four hour, just because you filmed four hours for the stuff that you gave to an editor doesn't mean you have a four hour movie. Um, but I, I do think that this movie suffers tremendously from being edited down a little bit too much um and and you you know like i said you can you can feel the gaps like you know the queen and the guardian it just how do you i i'm I'm fine with watiti not being interested in you know the the three and lady sit like he made it very clear in ragnarok that he does not give a shit about those characters at all like not even a little bit yeah he he doesn't even in this movie he makes sure you know that he doesn't care about them because they don't even have names in this movie like he goes out of his way to point out that he has no interest in those characters i'm fine with that but like you cannot you cannot claim to be in tune with your fan base and then cut out 15 minutes of film that you have with the guardians like how do you think that we don't want the Asgardians of the galaxy for longer than six minutes? Like wh- why bring them in at all at that point? Like they were, they were so wasted and it just, I don't know. I, that kind of stuff just frustrates me because I know, I know that there's stuff there. I know that it's there. They've all said that it's there. And it's like, you're cheating us out of things that could have been great. Um, yeah. Can, can we start calling it, 
the Donner cut instead of Snyder cut because Donner did it first. That's for you, Bill. <laughs> it does feel better. It, it does feel Donner better. first, then Ridley. Then we can eventually get to the Ridley twice because Kingdom of Heaven also. And then, yeah. Yeah. Later on. yeah. You're muted, dear. <laughs> the Lazarica cut. Oh, yes. Okay. Sorry. Now we're getting nerdy. Okay. Sorry, <laughs> you can't bring three nerdbot people together and expect it not to nerd out. That's no, sorry. Oh no, I know. Honestly, I I love it. I I welcome it. I'm just I'm giddy. Like everyone's on the same level as me when it comes to this stuff. I feel like in this room, in this group chat for the first. I, I I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy we're all here. Uh, uh, actually, this is also a great way to segue into. We were talking about characters. Uh, let's talk about the casting. First of all, we got Chris Hemsworth doing his thing again um i feel like i, I guess i don't know do we really want do we really need to dive really deeply into this because i feel like he's kind of he's been rinsing rinsing repeating uh what he's kind of been giving us so far and it's it's been working i, I don't know i wish he would have gone a little bit deeper in this film we see nuggets of it he gets a couple of really great emotional depth scenes but I, I felt like he needed a little bit more and he's capable of it. We know that in the moments that we get, it's really, really good, but you're showing us somebody like Christian Bale and it just, it feels like there's a, a level there and sure. There's the whole thing where you can't have it. You can't have it be all one level the entire time, but I argue that you should where everyone's at the same performance level. And yeah. I feel like he was almost there and he was there a couple of times, but it was, it, I don't know. It, it was lacking a little bit for me, but how great is it that we got all his kids in this movie? Like that makes me so happy. <laughs> And his this brother. Is one again, of the, one of his yeah, this is one of the few times, uh, jumping ahead a little bit, but this is one of the few times where you have an entire. I look, I don't have kids and I hate kids in movies most of the time. Um, <laughs> I, I can't stand the adventures and babysitting trope. Like, it just irritates the hell out of me. Star I Wars like is like the biggest offender. I know. I No, no, no. Not, I just. The, the idea that like the, the hero's journey can only exist if you have a child that you have to protect, I, yeah. it just, it drives me nuts. I can't stand it. It grates on me it, and everyone does it. Star Wars is the worst and, and Marvel kind of moves towards that direction sometimes too. So, but this whole, I thought as soon as he gave these kids powers, I was like, this is going to be awful. Um, and I genuinely loved it. Like it was just the right amount of absolute ridiculous insanity that I wanted from this movie from start to finish. And I was like, yes, yes. Give me more child powers of Zeus killing shadow monsters with stuffed animal <laughs> bunnies. I am so on board for this. Um, but yeah, I thought that was great that like, you know, the kids are in there. I, I thought they did a really good job. Um, and yeah, I mean, Hemsworth and Hemsworth's relationship to Thor is so, it's so strange because we've seen so many different iterations of him. We've seen him go from Thor 1 and 2 where he's, you know, kind of miserable and it really limits the range that he has and he doesn't like doing that. And then you get this brilliant breath of life in Ragnarok where it's like, oh, this guy's got chops for days. Like he can just slay scenery with improv and comedy and he's charming and he's fun and then you go into all the avenger movies after that and he's got this beautiful blend of 
absolute dude love ridiculousness to you know i i was just re-watching infinity war and and that scene with with him and rocket and he's just having this he's like one sentence away from an absolute god breakdown mm-hmm. um and and he's just he's absolutely amazing he's he's incredible um and i i wished for love and thunder that we got a little bit more of that balance because you're right matt they give him they give him a number of options to be able to tap into those things, but he's not quite at that level where like when he needs to be silly, he can be silly in the right doses. When he needs to be serious, he doesn't really go to the level that like Christian Bale does. And I don't think you necessarily need to, but at the same time you kind of do um, Mm -hmm. because the one time where everybody's on the same page is when Christian Bale is chewing through scenery basically taunting all of them individually and wrapping them in the shadow realm. That's that to me was like that, that is the pinnacle of all of their performances at that point. Like they are, everybody's in sync. Everybody's on tune. Uh, Christian Bale is just having a goddamn blast being horribly sadistically sinister. And it's, it's wonderful. And I don't, I love the comedy and I love all of that, but I wanted every time it got deeper, I wanted it to go to that level every time. And it just doesn't. So. No, I, I agree. I totally agree. Bill, how about you? What are your thoughts on the Chris, uh, Chris Hemsworth's uh, performance in this movie? Oh, he's, he's fine. I actually think he's progressively kind of like settled in to playing Thor over the time. So he kind of embodies it more and more. I'll actually, you know, touch on, you know, amongst the the various chrises um a star lord does not did not look good um in this he's been losing weight um off of it and it's not where looking particularly healthy on him of a sort and also with everything else is kind of seeing him bouncing around and him kind of playing the slightly uh, you know annoying man child thing it's grating more for him to continue playing it as opposed to Thor, who's still kind of, he's always kind of like the overly pampered as guardian God type. And he's, he kind of plays fish out of water a little bit more convincingly. And it's kind of more fun to watch than Star-Lord doing it at this point. He's more feeling like some sort of over entitled broski. Um, and it's, that's kind of starting to wear a little bit. It's like, it was odd seeing the guardians and I'm like, eh, I'm not really caring much about it. And, you know, rocket and Rujan didn't have much to say. So it's like, what else? Um, but as far as Thor himself, yeah, he's, he's fun. That's it. And, uh, I will say like you mentioned rocket and Groot, like I was surprised because, you know, I am a collector of action figures and stuff. I actually usually have a big collection behind me, but, uh, Groot was one of the figures that they came out with. So I thought, like, man, is Groot going to be, like, a huge part of this adventure? That's, like, yeah. going to be awesome. But <laughs> No, they just kind of put him there because, hey, did you miss him during that two-pack? It's okay, we got you. But it's essentially... <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's like progressively now, granted, Marvel has done it a couple of times where they put things in trailers to intentionally mislead. Yeah. Um, like they did with um, uh, Infinity War. And mm-hmm. so like that is like you got instead of what they're showing in the movie was Hulkbuster as opposed to, you know, back and forth what was there. Mm-hmm. This one, there's to the point of your, you know, amount of footage that was shot, there's whole chunks in the trailer that are never in the movie. Yeah. Um, and it can be even like the Thor turning around, kind of wandering off kind of in a non plus with 
with Stormbreaker. Um, and so it's interesting kind of seeing this was the first time it wasn't really a bait and switch. It was more just, no, that just part's not here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Like I, I, it makes you wonder just, I, I really would love to see just some of the scenes that did get lost. Cause I mean, I will say like, I, I know, I know I'm kind of jumping back a little bit, but uh, I was surprised when I saw that it was like an hour and 56 is I think the total runtime of the movie, which I think that is like the shortest. Yeah. It's like, honestly, I didn't even have to pee afterwards. Like that's how short the movie was. Like usually by the end of it, you're like, ah, oh, like, oh my God, at the end of Batman. Oh my God, was I <laughs> dying. But like this time it, it was a relatively short movie. So like, so yeah, like that was just, I would love it's to so see It's so strange for me, man, because I'm, I'm with you on that one. It's so strange though, because I am such an advocate for shorter films. I've been saying it forever. Like stop with the two hour plus movies, give us a nice 90 minute breeze by. And then this one, I was like, no, wait, where's my two hour and 15 minutes? Where's my, where's my two hour and 30? What, what's happening? I'm missing stuff. It was that conversation you and I had, Derek, after uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier and Eternals came out where we were like, Eternals needed to be the television series with eight hours and Falcon and Winter Soldier needed to be the two hour movie. hundred percent. hundred percent. It all has to do with editing. Like, sure, you can have a really great story and a really good director, but if your editing is not sharp, if your editing is not progressing the story, then it can drag or it can feel too short or it can drastically change the the enjoyment factor of the film at least for me that's how it is for me no absolutely and i completely agree and this movie is somehow simultaneously underwhelming and overwhelming at the same time um which is a weird thing to say but they're they're it definitely fits both of those categories for me it had too much guns and roses. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> too much guns and roses. Not enough ABBA. Only no, I was going to say that. To, no, no. He he warned me. He warned me going in because he knows how I feel about ABBA. <laughs> and I was still angry <laughs> to the point where my son was like, mom, mom, shh, people can hear you. Stop. <laughs> and I'm like, no. no. Why you is like ABBA? ABBA? Oh no. man, I love Abba. I love Abba. Uh, yeah, I agree that I, I love I love when music is used well, and I do think that uh, personally, for me, I would have actually liked to see it to not have it be in the trailer, so that I was much more surprised when it shows up in the movie because this, I do think it's used well. But we already knew that that was, and it's yeah. so epic in the trailer and the way that they do that solo for Sweet Child. It's great, like it's absolutely great. But then. It's just repeated all the time throughout the movie. Yeah. And it's like, I, that's a surprise I wish I would have had. But so am I, am I a horrible person for complaining about it? Where in Ragnarok, I loved the use of immigrant song. Like, oh, so, good. It's so much it, better. It, it, it's, it's how it's used also, yeah. because normally when a song like that is used in a film like this, the musicality of it with the editing is really good. And I felt like this was not good, that yeah. the hits that were coming in certain crescendos in the music were not where they should have been. And that really bothered me. <laughs> yeah, I think, too, there's a lot of like, and I, 
I feel bad because it feels like I'm just trashing this movie, but I really did have a good time. I swear. I swear. <laughs> I, had a good time I, did, movie. I did really enjoy it. It feels like, I feel like because it's, this movie isn't about anything. Like nothing actually happens in this movie, which is typically not that bad of a thing, but like, Everything is just, yeah, we'll get to it. Like the kids get captured and then we don't go back to the kids for like 45 minutes. Like the whole second act is just void of children. Like, and Has going to omnipotent city, like. Are, are they eating? Are they drinking? Like yeah, what, what is going on? Like I, the whole drive of this film is to save the children. And they're like, yeah, we're, we're good. We'll, we'll find him. No worries. And we it's like, we'll be invited to an orgy first. Yeah, right. We got to do an orgy. Look, it's fun and it's funny and I get it, but it doesn't, because this movie isn't really about anything and because it's so narratively messy, it's difficult for us to find those crescendos that you're talking about where the music is matching the editing, but the editing is so frantic and so just almost pointless that when we get to omnipotent city, the fact that everything just fizzles out and it doesn't really add anything to the story or add anything to the overall plot. Like I was, I was half expecting Gore to show up and do something to the guy. And then I was like, Oh yeah. Like, like cue guns and roses. Let's do this. Um, But that's not what happened. You just, they fight a couple of gold soldiers and they ride off on screaming goats and you're like, okay, so was this whole scene just to give Russell Crowe a chance to do a weird Russian Greek accent as Zeus? Like, Which I'm what? not complaining about because I loved it. No, I loved it. Yeah, he was fantastic. Yeah. No, he was absolutely fantastic. And I will say, I agree with you on that front about it. I, first of all, as far as the music is concerned, they had a per- they had a perfect opportunity to use any of the music by Shocking Blue. You know, the people who did uh, I'm Your Venus, that song, like, so there are so many good songs that they did and they didn't choose any of them. I was like, those are some good deep cut songs that would have been good for the fight scene. But were they, were they out at the time that a Quill awesome mix would have been made? Cause that's, that's kind of the constraint also. Cause that's why I get that uh, music. And also is the band willing to license that song? Yeah. Right. If they're going to license their song for a razor commercial, like literally a women's razor skin in a razor commercial, <laughs> I think they will lend it to Marvel. I think they might be think- particularly <laughs> into women's razors, you know. <laughs> they are great. I've used them before. They're amazing. We are getting cheated, guys. Actually, we are no. getting cheated from amazing That's razors. Fine. Just- you want to pay the three extra dollar pink tax? Go for it. <laughs> That's why I go with the green one. <laughs> no, no. It's, if it's made for women, it's called the pink tax. Uh, yes, like seriously it does exist but yeah. they are this is has nothing to do with anything but they are phenomenal razors but like <laughs> men's razors can if, suck it if like we tie it into so much old better spice, if we tie it into old spice it kind of counts since the other hemsworth has been doing old spice commercials <laughs> yeah so it kind of wait is that what's been okay i was yeah. actually wondering if there have been any old spice commercials because i was like i have been seeing almond commercials I have been seeing McDonald's commercials, but I have not seen any Old Spice commercials. First of all, I think they need to do actual Old Spice commercials with Tessa Thompson 
as Valkyrie. No, no, it's, it's stunt Hemsworth. It is the Thor we get in the drama group doing the commercials. Yeah. Oh, and- is it Luke? Is it yeah. Luke Hemsworth? Yeah. Oh my God. Right. Yeah. And just yeah. completely off topic, never forget that Liam Hemsworth was almost Thor. Oh, was yeah. It? That's right. Chris was yeah. not the first pick. Chris did not do well on his audition. And Liam was in the final, I think it was like the final three or four people. And Chris didn't think that he was ever going to get it. And something happened where none of the other candidates really nailed their final final audition and they brought Chris back in. And so we almost had a very, very young Liam. As yeah, that would have been... I, I don't think Liam's got the charm capacity of, of Hemsworth at all. It would have been different. I, I'm I, glad they went with Chris. He doesn't yeah. necessarily have the, I don't think he necessarily has the, the that Viking physique. Well, Chris didn't either. Chris didn't either. Watching his transition from like, cause I, I, I just watched parts of like the first Thor and he is small. Like, he's a big guy like don't get me wrong he's a big guy but like yeah compared to where he is now like that man has spent the last decade and a half packing on muscle like like it is is ridiculous how much muscle that man has packed on yeah because let's never forget that thor one did not have eyebrows (laughs) (laughs) that's right they were they were like bleached right they were bleached blonde and yep yeah that was so weird um i i want to i want to and i don't know if this is off topic or you know we're we're moving on to something else but i want to talk about the underutilization of tessa thompson who is my queen in my heart i love her i there is nothing she does that is bad i i have followed her career uh, for for a while now, and she is just man. We do not deserve her, and I could not believe how underutilized she was. Like it 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 irritated me to my core because, I, and every time she's on screen, I'm just like, yes, give where where is more of this? Why are we taking her out of the fight? Why are we limiting her screen time? And she brings out the best of Natalie Portman, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. I don't actually find the banter between Chris and Natalie that good, honestly. I don't I don't think he brings out the best in her. I think when they're having their more serious moments, I think that's when they shine the best. Um, but in their a lot of their comedic stuff, I, I didn't really feel landed. I didn't like a lot of the catchphrase conversations they were having. Um, but every time she paired with Tessa Thompson, I was like, yes. Give me this buddy cop movie I didn't know I needed. Like, give me the Valkyrie Mighty Thor Disney Plus series because I am signing up today for that. Um, and yeah, it just seemed such a strange thing to underutilize such an amazing character, especially coming off the heels of something like Ragnarok, where she just exploded on literally explodes onto the scene and is just one of the best parts of that movie. Like she's absolutely wonderful. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Taika Waititi was like, yeah, she's all right. And I'm like, what are you high? What are you doing? I mean, probably. No. Yeah. Well, yes. Probably. <laughs> yeah. probably. But that was also a very big disappointment for me going in, because again, we've been told all this stuff about how, her character was super important and that we were going to get this whole other story about her quest and we didn't get that and i'm i'm still mad about it like i'm hoping we get more focused on her eventually but i'm just i was disappointed yeah no i i agree i i i didn't we didn't get enough i, I she's 
I feel like there was a lot of, I, I, I don't know, this movie definitely just ultimately felt like made you wanting more. I, not to mention, I feel like because, you know, we've, I feel like we've kind of been conditioned to like our superhero movies being at least two and a half hours long. So like the fact that we didn't get a two and a half hour movie, I feel like there's a lot of stuff that we're missing that we could have seen. Like we got glimpses of the story that we were supposed to be getting with Tessa Thompson's uh, Valkyrie, you know, like she, you know, gives like that very, you know, very, you know, very sexy, you know, kiss on the hand to the, to uh, one of Zeus's uh, ladies. Loved right it. Before she, yeah, Loved like before it. She, I, I so loved it. I was like, take that somewhere, please. I know, I know. It was, I was really hoping we were going to see more of that, like, like with every planet that they go to, like that joke of like, uh, what was it? Um, the, 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 uh, the gun, the brother gun with the fin on his head right now, the one that keeps getting married on every planet that he goes on. Oh yeah. Like, why didn't we have that with her? Like why are we, I mean, maybe not particularly getting married. Yeah. can do that. And then we get that whole little vignette of Thor having multiple women across the galaxy. Why can't Valkyrie have that too? I know. I think that would work. I think, and honestly with the way that you find out what, how she lost the character it's kind of it wouldn't be unheard of for someone after going through a loss like that yes. to go on a streak like that you know instead, so she kind of goes the comic book tony stark route where she's just drinking nonstop. like that's right. how she's finding her solace and <laughs> i i don't like that that's what they chose for her and i understand no. why they did it in ragnarok but i she deserves more. The character deserves more. And and she was revitalized after Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Like she yeah. was, you know, she was running away from her past and she was burying herself in a bottle. And then when she finally gets called back to Asgard, she finds her purpose. Like she, she finds what she wants and she no longer really has to do that. And she's no longer that person. And I feel like there's a story there for her here where she takes on the mantle of King and she's running new Asgard and she's bored. She hates it. We like, see her in the meetings, just like yeah, dying. In council meetings. And yeah. So she's bored. And it's like, and there's there's a line in the trailer, and I just heard it, and I'm infuriated that it's not in the movie. But she has a line where she shouts, This is the greatest day of my life. And why is that not in there? Why is why do we not have this beautiful trajectory of her being bored as hell as the king of Asgard and then getting called back into the fight? And she is a warrior. Like everything about her is is a warrior. And so her being revitalized by being back in the fight and just loving every second of the battle, like that's a whole story that you can flesh out without taking time away from anything else. And they just kind of were like, yeah, we're not interested. It's like, but why I'm interested. <laughs> no, we, we definitely got cheated. Honestly, I would have also... <clears throat> I, I personally would have loved to have seen more scenes between uh, Christian Bale and Chris Hemsworth because there were moments where, I mean, not just, where they weren't just, you know, hitting shit between, you know, against each other, you know, like where they actually shared a scene because <clears throat> I feel like certain, you know, sometimes, you know, when, when you have an actor who has the potential like Chris Hemsworth to go certain places, you know, we got, we got to see it at, in that final in the final moments uh, of Gore and Natalie Portman's character, uh, spoiler alert. By the way, I completely forgot to mention, this review is spoiler-ridden. 
<laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> and, um, sorry. But, but, um, but like in those moments, like I, like, I wish we had just some more dialogue moments between the two of them. Like, you know, and I feel like, you know, like you said, with having gore attack, uh, omnipotent city, like I actually thought that was going to happen. I didn't think it was going to be this battle that ended up happening to us. First of all, with the battle that we ended up getting, it's like four with based on what we've seen, you're more of a God butcher than gore. <laughs> like you've like just, we've heard about this guy, but we've literally seen you just murk like half of our people. Like we, we saw you try and potentially murder Zeus. Um, like we, I feel, I just felt like the, there should have been more of a chase at the end. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like if you just killed the head honcho, wouldn't you? I, I don't know. I feel like there was been, uh, there should have been a much bigger sequence, which maybe was ultimately cut. Who knows? Um, but uh, I do love that. Uh, Bill, you mentioned the goats earlier. Um, in and of themselves, like, I found myself laughing every second, every time that they screamed. I don't know why it's so simple, but something about those goats. <laughs> I, I'm glad they didn't do it a whole other scene though, because yeah. the amount that was in it, I felt was, was perfect. Like any more would have been too much. Yeah. Well, Absolutely. once they had the one of them basically running into the planet and, you know, and then, you know, impact and planet pause for a half a beat and then the scream it's like yeah. that was that was awesome i was i was loving it oh i mean that was that was literally that was that you know cut that tension with a butter knife kind of with, with a knife kind of moment you know like it was yeah. just it, it it was definitely necessary we required it and like i 100 percent agree you know it was utilized just the right amount I'm, um, I'm actually gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna switch gears a little bit and I'm gonna give this film a compliment because I haven't done that this entire time. Um, That's not true. You've given it a compliment. I, I feel I, I feel like I'm I'm trashing this film more than the 3.5 says that I am. Um, but one one thing I do think that this film does actually better than Ragnarok is that type of thing that you're talking about, Bill. Um, is this as, as wild and all over the place as it is, as far as editing and narrative and storytelling and whatever, it is a lot more mature in the way that it handles its deeper moments. And that has always been my frustration with Ragnarok. I love Ragnarok with my whole heart, but I can't stand the way that the humor undercuts anything important. Um, any, any big thing that happens, there's a joke. And it, 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 it literally takes you out of, you know, and, and the scene I always talk about is when Asgard gets destroyed, there's no need for a joke there. Like we should just sit with the tragedy of watching Asgard get destroyed, but Korg's got to make a comment. And, and it's just kind of like, okay, well that just took all the wind out of the sails at that point. And I feel like this movie balances that out much better. We don't get a lot of that when serious moments happen, we're allowed to kind of just sit with them and just rest with them and just let them kind of marinate. Um, so there, there's a little bit more of a maturity here um, than, than there was in Ragnarok when it comes to the balance of humor and heart. Oh, I, I agree. Um, I will say like, speaking of like the, the that balance, um, 
I felt that it was well, well done, but uh, my girlfriend actually, who isn't a big Marvel person, she doesn't, you know, she isn't into the mythos as much as I am. Uh, she actually, first of all, really appreciated that there was like that recap because it, she kind of was like, wait, how, what do I, what do I need to know going into this? And we were just, and I kind of was going, well, do, do you need to see Thor Ragnarok or do you need to see Infinity War? And I was, but before we, I could even give her an answer. We ended up having to see the movie, but uh, yeah, we, it was, I, she really appreciated that. But one of the things that she, um, she was actually really surprised about was the fact that uh, Jane, the, the whole, the cancer storyline with Jane Foster, she was like, I didn't think that a superhero movie would go to this place like you know like people usually go to these movies to like not think about this stuff they did in guardians of the galaxy like did everyone forget about quill's mom because that is a a gut punch that entire sequence like that was one of the the beautiful emotional very truthful things that james gunn brought to the mcu was that whole sequence and i've seen a lot of people talking about this use of jane foster and her cancer just going wow this is so brave that they put this in there and i'm like really because we've had this like we we have had this before that's not to take anything away from this story and this usage and i was one of the people that as soon as the comic was announced when we were getting the mighty Thor with Jane Foster and everything, I went out and bought all the issues and I loved them. And so I was very excited to see this storyline brought to the film. And a couple of those moments with the beautiful recreation of Joyce Chin's comic art cover. Oh, amazing. Oh yeah. It, it was, I would definitely agree. Like I, I would, I, I didn't go as far as you did. I definitely have read the Lady Thor comic line, but you bought every issue? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that must have. It's good. It's I mean, good. I really, it's I would love that. I mean, because it's a great storyline. No, I, I think mm-hmm. the writing is absolutely fantastic in it. And, uh, I, and to be really honest, I had completely forgotten about the whole uh, Peter Quill mom storyline. I mean, I after what, how many, how many movies deep are we now? Which is fair. I'm not going <laughs> to beat up on anyone who did. It's just the fact that it, it is in there. We have had this before. So this isn't the first. This is just yeah. another one. That's not to say that it's bad. That's not to take away from it or anything. It's just, yeah. Absolutely. No, no, no. I, I will, uh, you were talking, I would love to praise the fact that we do have, um, that we did get to have the younger Hemsworths, uh, not just Liam, but we got the, your, we got the, the little Hemsworths. We got two of Chris's sons, they both play young Thor in that beautiful montage flashback sequence where we do see him in his classic comic outfit, which was so great. And I'm like, no, why can't we have more of that? And then Gore, the God Butcher's daughter, is played by Chris's daughter. And that yeah. was pretty awesome. No, it was, I will say, like, I actually didn't know that, I, that uh, she was going to be in the movie originally. I had originally known about the sons. Which, of course, to me personally, it, it's just me as a movie viewer, which I know it's hard to find kids that can act and look like your main character. But the biggest thing that always drove me nuts was that you'd see a kid and then you're told, oh, by the way, this kid is now Ewan McGregor. And you're like, is it though? We <laughs> 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 actually got... Um, you know actual young Thors 
that look that look like young Hemsworth. That are young Thor. Yeah. That are actually young Thor. I actually, I mean, like this is. I know I sound ridiculous being complaining about something like this, but I actually really loved that. I mean, even though it's only for like a glimpse of like a mm-hmm. oh you know blink and you'll miss it kind of thing, it's still for me it per, for me personally it always takes me out of it. So. I'm actually really glad. He's working on the next dynasty of family actors because, you know, we've got the Skarsgårds over here. We've got the Hemsworths over here. And none of the Skarsgård kids have had kids yet. So Hemsworth already has a leg up on them. And that means that family battle has to continue at some point. Yep. And and the Smith kids want nothing to do with movies anymore. (laughs) I mean, this was long before February, okay? Like, <laughs> Jaden wanted nothing to do with his dad after, uh, was it After Earth? Uh, yeah, no kidding. Okay. Yeah. But uh, it, I will say, like, uh, the performance that we got from the, from his India. daughter, though. Yeah, Ilya. India was, Rose. India, India, sorry. India Rose was phenomenal. Like, she, uh, I, I mean, that is the, one of the things that I will say. Like, sometimes I feel like sometimes parents of who are producers for film sometimes they will put their kids into movies because it's like oh i want my kid in a movie when they can't act for shit but you know she actually she was good good like as far as kid actors child child actors go she actually was fairly good and i actually didn't have any complaints honestly um uh i actually could probably say that about all the kids actually that were in this movie like they were all very good all the ones that ended up having to say something i feel uh i don't know what do you guys think <laughs> i mean am i the only one that has an issue with child actors no i told you i, I hate children yeah. like both in real life and on screen I, I can't stand them so uh yeah for me the fact that i i love the big kid action scene like that's a big deal that's you, you got a lot going for you in a movie when when i'm okay with that well, here's a question. How much would you like to see if they if the one with the with the, uh, the bunny uh, stuff bunny wasn't there? I don't know. The stuff bunny was pretty great. That's the part that, that you're thinking about when you're thinking about it is her, the little girl with her stuff bunny and everything else. Now, take her out. Play the rest of the scene. It's like what made the scene fun is her. Yeah. Yeah. I, I disagree, but that's I'm specifically that's talking me. about the kids. I'm talk, talking about the kids. I know, but I'm I'm talking yeah. about the kids also, and that I almost didn't need that moment because it was great on its own to have these two. So we know that Gore's entire thing is that he's trying to avenge his daughter, that he wants to bring her back somehow. If it's killing everybody, cool, he's going to do that. But having the thing that leads to his eventual downfall being an army of kids, I felt was a really nice poetic turn. And the fact that we know that Thor is kind of like, kids, I don't know about that. And here he is using this, this resource he wasn't expecting to, to do this thing. I, I enjoyed it. And I don't think that the bunny being there really made it better for me personally. I, I will say I, this, it's very interesting that, uh, uh, Thor is able to like, kind of like reason with gore in a way. What do you think about it? Kind of like this whole, uh, I'm going to, it's like the, the, the gods, you know, 
betrayed me, so I'm going to murder every god until I find Stormbreaker, find, open up eternity, and make a wish to kill all the gods. You know, you could use that wish for... Just you know, her to, back, to just bring man. her back. Oh, well, I am so... <laughs> oh, my God. I just... Yeah. There's like, there's like 15 dead... Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Not even including the ones that you've murdered too, Thor. I mean, I am... I am so... Oh, wow. Yeah, oh. That, that turn... I, I mean, I don't mind the turn, but it also, like, I... I, I kind of wanted it to be one or the other, right? Like mm-hmm. he he needs to kill the gods to get to eternity, or he needs to just get to eternity. Not you really can't have it. At least yeah. for me, I didn't feel that you could have it both ways because him just trying to get to eternity to get his daughter back—that's not the same motivation as taking revenge on the gods for being absolute twats. Like, and and you know the the film overall kind of justifies his thing. And I think that's one of the revelations that Thor has. Thor thinks he's going to go to these gods. And that's really the only thing we get from Omnipotent City is that he thinks he's going to go to these gods and they're going to help yeah, him. Help. Yeah. And really all it does is solidify that Gore's kind of right. Um, he's just not killing the right gods, I guess. Um, so well, that's dangerously uh, close to the whole Thanos was right. Thing. Uh, yeah, no, oh, I know no. it is. But I like that they did that, oh, and that, no. that makes them. Uh, so here's the thing: I it makes him, it makes him a much more compelling villain because yeah, it, you totally. know one of the biggest issues with the MCU is there's really only like three villains in all of the MCU that matter, and the rest of them, like you probably couldn't name if I put a gun to your head, like you just. You just couldn't because they're just they're so forgettable and they're so one note and they're so just whatever. And I, you know, at least Gore has a motivation where if you really kind of sit back and be like, yeah, okay, I get it. Like you're going about it the wrong way. But like, I understand, you know, and Killmonger, I think, is the other one. And even Thanos, like as much as yes, Thanos wasn't right. But at the same time, you understand you at least get what he's doing. His motivation is clear. It's not just, well, I want to take over the world because that's what I'm supposed to do. Like, that's not what's happening. Um, And I I think, you know, I don't, I think the emotional moments hit at the end, but at the same time, it does feel like all of his motivations change because then all of a sudden it's like, oh no, by the way, I need Stormbreaker to get eternity and get my daughter back. And you're like, but what did you kill all the gods for then? Like, That's the thing. If Gore had just said to Thor when they meet, hey, man, can I borrow your axe to go get my daughter back? Thor would have been like, fuck, yeah, let's grab yeah, my right. and let's go. <laughs> we're not, like, we're not friends right now anyway. Take him. Five minute movie. Yeah, done. that's it. Like that. Yeah, that, that did bother me. And that's one of the big reasons why I haven't given it a higher score, because there seemed to be some issue with the thought process with that being the end all motivation here. Cause it's yeah. like, he knows that he can ask a wish if he gets to eternity. He knows that he knows right. he can get one thing, whatever the fuck he wants. How is the thing he wants not getting his daughter back? Like yeah. if that's, yeah. if that's a motivation enough to make him kill gods, which is supposed to be impossible, then why is that not the thing? And we only get it we get it twice, I think, that it's mentioned that the Necro Sword does start to decay its host. Whoever is using it will start to get the darkness. They'll start to go a little crazy. If they had played off that, I think a little bit more, it would have made more sense. 
Because yeah. I think that's that's the step that's kind of missing there, that there is a reason why he has decided to go on this crazy kill all the gods thing rather than I need to get my daughter back. Yeah, I would say like if the whole point was I need to get Stormbreaker, I would understand. If, first of all, this is what happens when Taika Waititi doesn't give a shit about the uh, the, the, the other warriors of Asgard is it could have been that if he needs Stormbreaker, it could have been that, yes, but he still got the gore, the God Butcher. So he has to murder. He's murdering all of Thor's buddies to draw him out to get Stormbreaker. That would be one thing. But unfortunately, we killed all those characters. So, we can't use them. Yeah. Uh, so but that all would have been his friends one died thing. in Ragnarok. Except yeah. Yeah. horrifyingly. <laughs> they like, all got <laughs> killed in Ragnarok. Yeah. That's why Volstagg's not there. Honestly, honestly, it, it could have. It's a really simple fix. Honestly, you could just say that no one is allowed to get to eternity because the gods protect eternity with everything. And so Gore yeah. is like, OK, well, I'm going to kill all the gods until I get to eternity they because I want my daughter back. I, problem solved. That's literally a line of dialogue. And then you get you get to have it both ways. But yes. they didn't do that. And now he's got two motivations that kind of don't work together. Um, and that's I, I feel like that kind of happens all throughout this movie where mm-hmm. everything is just it's they're all telling different stories. Um, and especially when you talk about Gore and you talk about Christian Bale. Christian Bale is is not in Thor: Love and Thunder. He's he's in a different movie, and they just like they just like transported him over into this thing and like fit him in here somewhere because he is operating on a level that no one else is on. I I love when we get to see him like this when it's slightly unhinged, slightly maniacal, and I it, it's been a while since we've gotten a performance like this from him, so it was really nice to get that. Yeah, you know, totally. I mean, we have Christian Bale and Ethan Hawke both playing villains in the MCU right now. So like good. that's so, amazing so and kind of a wealth of riches. Yeah, yeah, we're spoiled for choice at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. I'm actually going to take a quick look at the chat, and he says because uh, we've got a GZ Doctor for. Uh, uh, GZ Doctor for EV. I guess I don't know how to. It's a very interesting handle, but anyways, they said uh, uh, Taika Waititi got in trouble in a relationship with Tesla and Vita Oros. So okay, oh, it's so no, apparently- no, he didn't. He did not. <sighs> Taika Waititi <laughs> was dating and is now engaged to actress Rita Ora. They were oh. hanging out with Tessa Thompson during a film festival. They knew that the press was watching and they hammed it up. And so there are a ton of pictures of the three of them that looks like they are in a triad. Yeah. Oh, that is not a real God. story. Yeah. Yeah, no. Taika gotcha. loves doing that shit. Yes. Love that that makes a lot of yeah. Honestly, that makes and a so lot more Tessa, sense. And so does Tessa. And so does yeah. yeah. so yeah. They're like, cool. they're buddies. Like they're really good friends. Yeah. I'm not saying that they couldn't also be a thing, but that's not, that's not applicable, I would yeah. say. Yeah. And he also pointed out because of time travel and magic, you didn't have to feel sorry for Natalie Portman's character because Thor can either go to eternity later and ask to bring her back or he can go to Doctor Strange and have him reverse time. Unfortunately, we don't really have, other than the time stone, we actually don't have very good ways of traveling through time. I mean, Stark's time machine is technically destroyed. Uh, I guess it's not, it's still around, but... You know, we've already determined that changing time doesn't change your present. 
except for Steve. Except for Steve, for some reason. And Loki <laughs> and everybody else. So that no, I don't buy that at no. all. Every what time I, I watch buy, that scene, I'm just like, you're not a stop. You're not obeying your own rules. So stop making one up. Like, so to do the Back to the Future thing or don't do it at all. Him, but that's what everyone's wanted from the Boy Scout from the beginning, right? And he finally does it. So I'm like kind of proud of him that he did it. But we we don't establish whether or not if one person reaches eternity and asks for the wish to be granted, obviously Thor could have saved Jane if someone else who reaches eternity can also get a wish. Because yeah. then Jane wouldn't have died. Thor could have asked for something else. Like, So it's kind of established that only the first person who gets there gets to ask the question, but then it never works again. Yeah, yeah. It's only the first person. It's like <laughs> the first person who makes it, you get the wish. Hey, hey, I was like five steps behind him. Can I get a wish? Yeah, but so right. does it reset or is it just never working? I think it's never. I think it's never mm-hmm. again. I think is. I agree. That's. I think it's one of the. It's. It's like the. It's the ultimate infinity gauntlet in a way. I feel like. I I actually didn't like the end credit scenes. Um, and not. I I know I know. I will fight. <laughs> I know. Listen, listen. Here and here's why. I, t- two reasons. One. Uh, do not give me a tease of Hercules if you have no intention of actually making Hercules. And but, but it's Brett Goldstein. I, I know, I know, and it's like it is a dream. I'm I'm not saying it's bad, but I am not a hundred percent sure that that's ever going to happen. We 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 literally don't know, and honestly, the likelihood of it actually happening slim to none. So, well, well, wait, wait, wait. So here's the most amazing crossover. So <laughs> they can make the Hercules movie, right? But when they dovetail it in, it's the Disney Hercules live action. So now well, you're bringing in all of Disney. Because we are supposed to be getting a live action Hercules. Because they're supposed to get a live action Hercules. So they mm-hmm. can actually key everything in in one fell swoop. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm on board. I'm on board. Just... I don't tease something you have no intention of doing, especially when it's that good. You That's- mean like fucking Howard the Duck? Because I'm yes. still mad. <laughs> yes. Bring him back. Yes. We were supposed Howard to. We were going to get a Howard the Duck series on Hulu with all of that stuff, and it didn't yeah. happen, and I'm well, still yeah. pissed. So, so, that, so that bothers me, because it's like, I, I love this so much, but I, I, can't, I don't want to invest in it, because the likelihood of you actually doing it is is very slim. So that that pissed me off. But I then the second we'll one, get, I don't think we'll get him in his own film. I think we will see him again, but I I don't think he'll get like a solo thing. I, and I'm fine with him just like if you're gonna make Thor four, right? That no, so Thor five. Thor five. Uh, this Thor is five. God. Uh, yeah, if you're just gonna fashion the furious this guy and just make him your staple, that's it's fine. Family, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Dominic Toretto's just got a major boner. Um, but, <laughs> calm down, Bruce. Just calm uh, down. So, but yeah, so for me, it's like don't don't tease something that great if you're really not going to do it. That 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 was my beef. And then the other part is, I if you're gonna bring her back and you're gonna bring Natalie Portman back for a one and done to be like, look, we're gonna close out the arc. We're gonna give you everything you wanted. She's gonna be Mighty Thor. It's all gonna have, it's gonna have this great meaning. Just let that be the case because the idea that Valhalla exists and she's there and then we got Heimdall and it's like, are, are you really, it, you're just, 
I know that we've got the multiverse and the time travel and all that kind of stuff. And we can do whatever we want. We can bring whoever we want back. But it's like, we're, we're the comic book stuff is only the source material. We're, we're not going to hit the reset button. And I don't want to see any of these people again. Like, if you're going to give her a send off, just give her the send off. Just let her go. I can't t- listen. I can't think of anything worse than them finally doing Secret Wars and Robert Downey Jr. showing up in Secret Wars. That yeah. that to me is like I, I'll I'll be stoked about it and I'll love it, but I will leave Marvel forever at that point because I, I will not love it. I yeah, I just just let just move on, just move on. That's the whole point of this phase is that we're moving forward. So opening the door to be like. Yeah, but we can go backwards if we want. It's like, no, I don't want that. So just just, just shut it down. Just shut it down. So, so you didn't like Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield in the No Way Home? I, no, I they did. I did. They that's were a dead. There's a that's, difference. Yeah, that's a one-off. Like, that's a... Garfield, Garfield Spider-Man was totally dead. In all of our minds, we killed uh. it decades ago. Oh, poor Garfield! But, but, no, but, but I love him point, so much. You can still. But thing is, with S- Secret Wars, if you're playing with multiverse, you can have the characters jump in. But what you're talking about is have your your version of whatever the character is. Their, fru- six, their struggle, one, their, sacri- their struggles, or sacrifice, whatever it is. You know, have it be worth it. They died yeah. for a reason. Let them be dead. You want to yes. give me another? Yeah, we all know Wink Wink gets the same actor, whatnot, but let my version of that character be. Yes. All right. Yeah. That yeah. Fine. That's what I want. I'm done yeah. with that. Yeah. yeah. I totally. Yeah, I'm fine with you utilizing the multiverse however you want, but like, yeah, exactly what you're. Because if you don't do that, then there's no stakes. There's nothing for me to invest in because anything that happens to anybody doesn't matter. Yeah. That's why. Like, sorry, go ahead. I, sorry, I was just going to say that's why I was glad that they did not do anything where they brought back Black Widow because mm-hmm. again, her sacrifice, that was a whole big thing. And yep. I kind of dislike that they kind of sort of brought back Gamora with the multiverse stuff because that just, it doesn't work for me on a, a level of we just had these characters go through this huge emotional punch. And now what was the point? Like, why do that? Yeah. Why is Gamora? What was, what was the reason that, there was this there used to be an author that used to write books way back when uh martin is his name um he doesn't he hasn't written in like 50 years but so really his stories are moderately okay but what was the whole point you would he would kill fuckers and they'd stay dead yeah and it was great and well, that was the whole thing unless and you're Beric, john darian and yeah. john snow yeah yeah that, that's true that's but true. it's like or Catherine that, Stark, for that matter i guess yeah, you know, when you actually kill characters, it makes it meaningful. It makes the whole thing yeah. have punch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, and if you're gonna have the occasional one-off that might, you know, trickle back to life, it's usually best when there's consequences. Yes. So yeah, you know, you know, what was the most impactful thing in the entirety of the series run of Buffy was mom outside the door. You know, do yeah. they bring her back or not? And thing was, leave it not. That that was the singular point of that show yeah well and even even i mean you even take another show similar like supernatural supernatural does that where they bring back these characters but the consequences of doing that is worse like Mm -hmm. it it ends up being not a good thing to bring the mom back she comes back and it's bad it's a bad thing for them to do that kind of get a little bit of that in 
Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, where he reanimates the corpse of himself in that one universe, and then all the demons come after him. So, like, that's supposed to be the consequence, yeah. but he masters over them and they become his cloak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love the joke that's, that came out of that, though, which was you, you use the book and you get black fingers. I use the book and I get an eye in my forehead. That doesn't seem fair. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I just I know I know that in comic books there are no stakes because you could always just hit the reset button. But that is that is something that should be relegated to comic books. Like there, there's a reason you're adapting the source material, and you've already taken plenty of liberties with the characters and all the stuff that you're doing with them. And that's one thing that I, I'm just very adamant about. Like, I'm fine with you resetting every few years in the comic books and just, you know, revamping it all because that's that's just the nature of comic books. I don't want that in my movies, especially if you're trying to sell me a a 30 year movie span of of you know 90 movies that all connect to each other. Like, what, everything has to keep moving forward and opening the door to like letting anybody come back whenever they want it really does ruin the consequences and then nothing matters. What I would have loved in that scene where Jane goes to Valhalla is I love seeing Heimdall again, but I would have preferred it be Odin meet her. Mm, because yeah. We know that Odin did not like her. We know this again, yeah. if you go watch dark world again, you'll see all of that stuff. And that's what I would have loved if he was the one to meet her. She's kind of in awe of everything. And he says, let's talk you and I, something like that. Just something very, okay, fine. You're here. Clearly you have done something right. And that's yeah. it because that, that makes it very kind of open and shut. Doesn't yeah. leave yeah. it open to interpretation of, Oh, they're coming back. It, yeah. yeah. Just open the Bifrost and go into Valhalla and take whoever you want. Like, <laughs> okay. No. Actually, I, I love that. This is actually would be a great way to, some of these things, like things that we would would love to change, uh, uh, Marianne, you said you would love to change that ending. Um, actually, but if there's one thing that you could change in this film, uh, what would it be? Actually, overall, just if, to make it better for you, just if there was just one thing that you could change, what would it be? I wanted Valkyrie to find her queen. That's what I wanted. I wanted Valkyrie to have a love interest. I wanted that journey. I wanted a bit more redemption for her because we we had it already and now she's king and doing all the king stuff and why can't she also have her he hero's journey built into that like that's that's what i wanted yeah uh derek how do you feel um if i had to change one thing uh because i feel like there's a lot of them but if i had to change one thing that i think really would have done it um i honestly just more gore the god butcher i i just think that character you have such a compelling villain and you know you have on paper and with the actor that you have you have one of the better villains in the mcu and shortchanging him and making him do all of his best stuff off screen um to me that's something i would have i would have much rather have had i could i could honestly deal with the lack of guardians and and all the other things that might have bothered me if we got more of you know what Christian Bale was bringing to the table because every time he showed up I was like oh my god please don't stop this like this is you are so amazing and I am literally terrified and I want more of it so yeah I, I would say more gore absolutely Phil how do you feel 
I would have made this a six episode limited series. Um, let it flesh the rest of the way out because yeah. with everything that's been talked about and touched on, there's much more to really do it without making it feel like a Swiss cheese story. You needed to finish fleshing out individual pieces so you can explore these things because you couldn't go segueing off into random other queens and all this other you know stuff attached with and not have to trim something else off. So that getting the case, let's just make this, you know, and Disney's always doing shitty two uh two short of episodes anyway so like six 40 minute episodes carve it up like that this thing has a nice relatively short act structure to it going through the film you could have made it nice individual pieces and then let it be we would have done that yeah. approach. I like that i like that suggestion a lot actually no actually honestly like every i i would just i feel like a parrot just hearing everybody and their things it's like yeah no like i agree yeah no yeah, no, yeah, like, yeah, we needed more we needed more of uh, Valkyrie. Yeah, no, I agree. We needed more of Gore. And yeah, I agree. This would actually work better as a six-part series. Like I actually agree on all fronts. Like every each one of these, it's like it makes a hundred it's I, I can't even I can't argue with your argument. Like it's a hundred percent right. And uh yeah, uh, I guess just to sound a little bit different, um I wish they used Slightly different music, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I was on an episode of Basic Binges last night. And we were talking about the season finale of Stranger Things. And that was like two of the biggest complaints that I had with that series are kind of the same ones I had with this film. So, <laughs> I, think, uh, I think Movie Bob even talked about it where he, he said he had to watch Thor Love and Thunder twice because he had to make sure it wasn't a Jack Black movie. And he had to make sure that Jack Black wasn't in it. And I was like, yeah, no, that's actually a pretty good description of, of the music and tone of everything in that in that regard. Yeah. No, I I uh I no, that's that feels that's yeah. <laughs> um, he's one of my that, he's like he's like the god of my reviews. Like I just I, I love everything he does. Because he's the yeah, best. Yeah. He's so good. <laughs> I love him so much. I, I watched his review before I saw the movie because he didn't do the spoilers. And he said that. And I was, And then I watched it. And I was like, yeah, no, that's 100% right. <laughs> I, I will say I love that we were actually able to come, in, come together and talk about this movie. As much as we were dunking on this movie, there is a lot of stuff that we also were able to find that we enjoyed. And I'm glad that we all got to share that. Um, I am so glad you guys were able to join me. Um, where would be able to our viewers be able to find you guys uh, on the social medias. Uh, uh, Marianne, where can we find you? Uh, I am editor-in-chief for nerdbot.com. So that's where you can find me, nerdbot.com. Awesome. Uh, Derek, how, where can we find you? Yeah, I mean, you can find me on social media um, at DRock Comedy. That's D-R-O-K Comedy on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can just look me up on Facebook as Derek Murray. Um, but yeah, uh, nerdbot.com greatest website in the world uh <laughs> read nerdbot uh there's there's always new stuff out there but yeah you can find all kinds of reviews and and things on there for from from me and and from us so awesome and uh bill where can we find you why break a trend you can find me at nerdbot.com and next week find me running around san diego yeah, oh same. that's right yep, that's we'll, right we'll, we'll all be there for different reasons doing different things actually <laughs> Everyone but me. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. I really wanted to go this year. Like, I feel like this year would have been like the year it would have been pretty easy to go. But, so uh, go. Go. Yeah, uh, well, now it's too late. Now it's too late. too late. 
Why is it too late? I mean, I'm pretty sure the tickets are sold out now. I'm pretty uh, sure. Well, did, hold, hold that thought. We'll get that. <laughs> 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 um, You're talking to Nerdbot, baby. We got to you. <laughs> um, I, um, I, however, am uh, Kenji. You can find me on social media, uh, Instagram and TikTok at Kenjinator. Uh, find me on Twitch at the Kenjinator, and on Sundays, my father and I uh, we do a podcast where we do a Dungeons and Dragons campaign that he is the DM for. Uh, that that's, is uh, that's Sundays. So awesome. Oh my god, PM. I love that so much. My heart, my heart, that's so awesome. I love it so much. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so happy you guys are, are psyched about it. <laughs> no, that's so, dude. That's like just the fact that like your dad is the DM. And you guys do that every like that's a that's like yeah. oh, the best dad oh, relationship I've ever oh, seen. I oh, love dude, it. It's it's you know it actually. With that said though, it, I really it's uh, well the campaign is uh, is uh, my dad, uh, my two sisters, uh, my cousin, uh, what my dad's friend, and I. So it's the six of us doing this. <laughs> that's awesome. And, dude, you have no. It was so. It, it was kind of shitty though growing up. Who in got who into it? Did yeah, my dad. It? My dad got me into it. My dad got okay. me into it. Yeah, okay. Like, yeah, he was all about it. He's he's been into it since first edition. Like, he's yes. he he yes. he is about it, about it. So, like, <laughs> uh, but with that said, though, like when my friends found out about that in high school, they're like, "Hey, Kenji, like, uh, we're doing a we're having a Dungeons and Dragons game on Friday," and I'm like, "Can your oh, dad dude, come? I'd love to be a, yeah, exactly. I was like, I'd love to be part of it." I mean, I guess, but we were really hoping if your dad gets <laughs> you guys, man. Are you serious? It's so great. I love that so much. Oh, oh that's so good. I love it. Oh, I love it. I'm glad yeah, we got we're watching it. Laugh. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm putting oh, it on the gonna check it out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that we get uh, this Sunday going because right now my dad's in, uh, he's uh, working. Uh, oh. My dad is uh, working out of town right now. He's working remotely from Paris right now for his for the job desk. So time difference thing has been a little bit of an issue. Yeah, I haven't really been able to coordinate something. I'm really hoping that this Sunday we can get a game going again because it's been a while. I miss my Dungeons and Dragons. Um, also, uh, yeah, I'm really hoping so you guys can check it out because we have a lot of fun. Because uh, we actually use a we also use a a virtual game board game board so like you get to see like animations as we like attack people like well not like full-fledged attacks but like you know it looks like a little token and like you'll see it like move a little bit and like a slash thing happens across like the, the goblin icon and that's great yeah it's it's, it's where, where have you been all my life this is amazing dude <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. thank you producer steph for continuing to bring cool people into yeah my this is oh, oh my god i love it I'm I'm, I'm 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 considered cool. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. Your dad is sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> your dad, our regards. Let, let him know. Nerdbot likes your dad. Okay. Tell him, Thaco, oh, man. Thaco for the win. Thaco for the win. I will let him know. Um, I'm so glad we got to end on that note. Uh, tomorrow we're going to be talking about Tron, the first movie, the classic starring Jeff Bridges. Um, I'm excited to be talking about it. I hope you all can join uh, us again soon. Uh, with that in mind, I have been Kenji, your host. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. You have a great evening.